All right. Welcome back to the second episode of The Wrench Revolution. My name is Jason Allred, and I am the host. Today I want to talk about turnover. Now, when I say turnover, I mean specifically employee turnover. We're not talking about how quickly you can finish a product or a job or anything like that. I'm talking about your employees. And just to be clear, turnover is the loss of employees over a given period of time. And it's usually weighed against the average number of employees that you would maintain in order to operate. So if you are typically running around 10 employees and you've had five employees either quit or be fired within the past calendar year, your turnover rate would be 50%. Just for reference, over the past decade, every blue-collar company I've worked for or with has had a turnover rate of at least 40%. And 40% seems to be pretty typical across the trades. Now, just so you are aware, that is really, really high. Honestly, in most other industries, if their turnover rate was over 20%, they'd be going crazy. And if it was 50%, they would be losing their minds. So uh, ideally, you'd like to have a turnover rate of about 0%, right? But, but that's in an ideal world. So realistically, you would like to be shooting for a turnover rate of about 15%. Um, that would be... That would be really good, especially on the trades. If you could get a 15% turnover rate, you would be doing really, really well. Now, like I said, in the trades, it seems like it's pretty common to have turnover rates at 40 or 50%, sometimes even higher. And, and I just got to say that that's got to be like running a marathon on a treadmill. I mean, I mean you're going to be doing all of the work and not going anywhere. So let's talk for just a second about why turnover is so bad, and then we'll get into uh, what causes it and how to limit it. Turnover is bad because you're losing people that you have already invested in. You're losing people that are trained and know how to do their jobs. So for starters, it stinks to lose a good person, someone that's been trained and knows what they're doing because they are efficient uh, they're, they're talented, they're skilled, and they can get the job done. So on top of that loss, now you have to spend time to find, interview, and hire someone to replace them. And then once you've done that, you've got to spend time training them to do that job. And for a while, I mean, oftentimes you end up paying two people to do one person's job. The other thing is... New employees tend to make a lot more mistakes than your experienced employees. So so over the course of the whole hiring process, and, and I mean from finding to interviewing to hiring to training, your productivity is going to go down significantly, at least in that area that you're hiring for. And, and then your costs are going to go up significantly because you're paying people to step away from their roles. You're, you're paying people to train someone and then you're not producing your services or products as efficiently as you would be with an experienced worker. Where this turns into a real big issue, however, I mean, because you you can kind of expect that if you are 
growing or expanding and need to add somebody to your team, that's going to happen and it's pretty unavoidable. I mean, you can streamline your training processes and your hiring processes and 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 get better and better at that to lose less money and, and lose as little uh, productivity as possible. But where it becomes an issue is if you are losing 50% of your people because you're in this continuous cycle of finding, interviewing, hiring, training, and then they leave. And now you've got to do it again and again and again. And, and, and that's where what I'm saying about running a marathon on a treadmill comes into play because y- you're going to be just running like crazy and not getting any better. So the question becomes, how can I limit my turnover? Well, in my mind, turnover is caused by one of two things. Bad hiring processes and poor management. Oftentimes, it's a mixture of both. Sometimes, bad hiring is a result of poor management. I don't think that's always the case, but it is a lot of the time. Fortunately, both of these things can be fixed. You can work on both of these things. And we're going to start right now with hiring, with your hiring processes. Chances are most of you are only doing one interview. That's bad. Okay, I'll come back to that in a minute. Chances are most of you do not have predetermined questions in mind for the candidate. That's also bad. Chances are you do not have an accurate and full job description for the position that you're hiring. And as you probably guessed, again, that is bad. Okay, so let's get into this. One interview is not enough to know if that person is going to be a good fit for your company culture, if they're going to accept your mission statement or core values, uh, if they're going to get along with your other employees, etc. What I see a lot of the time with small blue-collar businesses is they are so desperate to fill a position and just to get an extra guy out there or an extra set of hands that they will find someone who's interested in the job, meet with them for, I mean, literally 10, 15, 20 minutes, and then offer them a position just because they need someone so bad. Guys, that is what leads to turnover there's no real way to know for sure if they're going to be a good fit or if they're going to meet your expectations or if you're going to meet their expectations. And on top of that, if you don't already have predetermined questions, if you don't have a clear and full job description, if you don't have an outline of your compensation or benefits package, you know how, how are you ever going to know if they're a good fit for you? And how are they going to know if, if they want to come work for you. Jim Collins talks about building a company like filling the seats of a bus. You are the driver of your bus, and you are looking for a specific person for every single seat that you want to fill on that bus. 
if you don't know exactly what you want or are looking for, you are not going to get what you want or are looking for. It's not going to happen. So let me give you a pretty generic basic outline of the steps you need to take in order to improve your hiring processes and improve your chances of hiring a really, really good person. The first thing you need to do is come up with a mission statement. Uh, And I'm going to pretty much leave it at that because there's a whole lot you can get into with with mission statements and core values. But if you do not have a mission statement or a set of core values for your company, you're going to struggle finding people that are going to stick around. Reason being is that people want a purpose in their career. They want to know that they are working towards something. They want to know that they are providing some sort of value to their employer or to their clients. And the best way to help people realize that there is a purpose in a job position is to have a mission statement or a set of core values or both. A little side note on that, you need to actually live your mission statement and core values. You can't just have them up on your wall and not do anything about them because then they don't mean anything. You need to spend some time and put some real thought and consideration into what you would like to be your purpose and then write it up in a mission statement and or core values. Now, I I plan in the future on doing an episode on that to help people out with that, but you could just Google mission statement. How do I come up with a mission statement? How do I come up with core values? And there are so many things out there already. There are books written about it. There are podcasts about it. There's a lot of good information. But start there. Once you've done that, now you need to establish a list of every job position that you need in order to operate. Every one of these jobs should have five to seven tasks attached to them. Very specific tasks. Brian Tracy and and Dave Ramsey and those those type of, you know, management gurus, they refer to these sometimes as KRAs or uh, KRIs. A KRA is a key results area. You need to have these tasks and and they need to be specific so that when you hire someone for that position they know exactly what they will be doing and then once they're in that position they can look at those KRAs to know if they're getting their job done or not it makes communication way easier it makes setting and establishing and maintaining expectations way easier if you have all that in place before you hire someone. Once you have a set job with a description and the KRAs, now you need to come up with a list of questions that are going to help you determine if a candidate fits that job. 
there's not like a set number of questions, but it needs to be enough to give you a good idea if someone is going to be a good fit or not. It would also be a really good idea to get together with the employees who will be working closest with this new position. Ask them what they expect out of it and have them come up with a list of questions that they would like to ask in order to help determine the best candidate for the job. All right, so once you have a mission statement or core values, you have a job description with the KRAs, you have your list of questions, you can move to the first interview. In that first interview, you need to sit down with the candidate, go over all those things, ask them your questions, explain the job position, explain the responsibilities, explain your expectations. Then you need to ask that person what they're looking for, their expectations. Discuss compensation, benefits, vacation, time off, um, work schedule, and, and anything else that you think is important to that position. This interview should be thorough because you are trying to vet the candidates to find the best one for that position. Now for a second, maybe even a third interview, you should have that candidate meet with the people that he or she is going to be working with the most. Those employees should be prepared with a list of questions and anything else that might help them determine if the candidate would be a good fit for that job and if they would be easy to work with, easy to cooperate with, uh, how, how effectively they can communicate and plan and execute. If you can do all of those things, you will find better people and they will stick around longer. I promise. Because honestly, right now, watching the difference between small blue, small blue collar companies and how they hire versus really, really large companies, even large trade companies, but large, successful companies, it's like watching the difference between small fry football and the NFL. It's insane. And these are, these are really, really simple changes that you can make to bump you up to the next level. The, the biggest hangups with these that I see a lot are people just don't want to take the time to do it. They would rather fill a position as quickly as possible than spend a little bit of time to do it right. But I'm here to tell you right now that in the long run, you're going to spend way less time and way less money if you hire right. If you hold on to these bad hiring processes, it's going to be find, interview, hire, fire, rinse, repeat over and over and over again. Really, it's not that complicated and it's not that difficult, but the vast majority of business owners don't want to do it. They would rather get on that treadmill and run until their heart stops and stay in the same place until they die then step off the treadmill, get outside their comfort zone, and run up the mountain. Okay, 26 miles up the mountain, you're going to have a way better view and have way more accomplished than you ever will if you stay on that treadmill. Okay, now I said there are two main reasons 
causing turnover. The first is bad hiring, and that's what we just went over. The second, poor management. And I'll be honest, that list could be a mile long because there are so many ways to mismanage a company. So honestly, guys, I'm, I'm going to kind of just fire off a list of bullet points, give you an outline of some of the things that are really common that we see because each one of these is going to become its own episode. I'm not going to dive into this stuff because I don't, I mean, we're going to do full episodes on this in the future and there is just not enough time to go over all of these right now. All right. Like I said, I'm just going to kind of give you a list of these. Dishonesty in management. And that could be uh, lying to your employees, lying to customers, uh, lack of integrity. That, that list could go on and on and on in itself. But I promise you good people do not want to stick around and work for dishonest management. Okay, and then we this next one we talked about in in the hiring processes, and that is not establishing KRAs. If if you don't have full and accurate job descriptions with what you expect from that position, you're not keeping people. I promise. They're gonna leave. Okay, another one, unrealistic expectations. I see this a ton in in well all over the place. It's not just the trades. It's not just small blue collar businesses, but managers who have crazy expectations. All right. I had a a very wise mentor in my life once tell me that frustration is the result of unmet expectations. And if you think about that, if you find yourself getting frustrated with your employees or what's going on, you might want to take a look at what your expectations are of them. Sometimes, oftentimes, your expectations are unrealistic. They are too high because your guys, because your employees are running into problems. They're not going to be able to do everything to perfection every single time. Not only that, but have you actually communicated your expectations with your employees? Do you know how hard it is for someone to meet your expectations if they don't even know what they are? That brings me to our next point. Communication. Bad communication is going to drive away so many people. If your employees don't know what's going on or what needs to happen to get a job done or what tasks are coming up so they can prepare for them, that's on management. Poor communication is on management. That is your job, your responsibility to effectively communicate with your people so that they know what's going on. If you're leaving your guys in the dark, they're going to be looking for the light somewhere else, I promise. Another one, this is a big one, poor financial management. If you are making stupid money choices with your business, chances are you're going to end up one day not being able to pay your guys overtime or you're going to be trying to cut people's hours, you're going to be laying people off and you are going to drive people away. I mean, financial stress just makes people do stupid things. 
everyone's going to be on edge, stressed out. You're going to be taking jobs you should never take in a million years just because you need some money. You need to make some money. The last thing I'm going to talk about under poor management, and then we'll end this episode, is pride, ego. And I've said it a thousand times, and I will say it till the day I die. Pride is the plague of the trades. And I know that there is pride everywhere just because human beings tend to become prideful. Um, But in the trades, it's especially bad because we don't have very effective checks and balances to power, if that makes sense. Typically, you don't have like this great management team that can pull someone aside and, and talk to them about their pride or their issues or things that they're that they need to improve on that that's not usually the case in the trades if you are a manager that's dealing with pride or if you have a manager that's dealing with pride they are going to make the people that they are leading feel worthless because someone's going to come up with a great idea or at least an idea that they believe is great They're going to bring it up to their manager and that person's going to shoot it down without even giving it a thought. I've seen that happen so many times and oftentimes those ideas were pretty dang good but no consideration was even given because of the pride of the management. They wanted their their ideas or their processes, their ways, they wanted those implemented. They didn't want someone else getting the credit for whatever it was that they were coming up with. If you do that, you're going to lose your best people because your best people are going to be the ones that are coming up to you with these new ideas and processes. Now, for the record, I I firmly believe that if you are still listening to this podcast, that pride is probably not your biggest issue. Might be a little bit, might be something you need to work on. Chances are it's not your biggest issue. You might have a manager that's dealing with it. If you do, you need to sit them down, talk with them about it, help them through it so that you can keep your good people on board. I really appreciate if you're still listening. Um, My goal with this podcast is to eliminate the stigma around the trades and educate and train blue-collar businesses. I plan on doing an episode in the future about the stigma around the trades, but my goal is to eliminate that stigma. I don't like it. I don't like that people are telling kids in high school that They need to go get a four-year degree in order to be successful in this life because you don't want to be like the plumber that lives down the street and little do they know that that plumber is making over a hundred grand a year. I hate that our society thinks that way. We need plumbers. We need electricians. We need concrete workers. We need carpenters. We need operators. We need all sorts of things. We need skilled laborers. The world cannot function without the people who build it. My honest belief is that if we improve the way blue-collar businesses are run, we will convince more and more good people to pursue careers in the trades. And that's my goal. That's what I want to see 
more and more good people pursuing careers in the trades, more and more blue-collar businesses performing at a higher and higher level. I really appreciate anyone who's still listening. Please go implement these practices, hire good people, be more productive. And I will catch you here on the next episode of The Wrench Revolution.